And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, the last several weeks, actually many weeks, we've been talking about the different aspects of COVID-19, how it affects not just San Diego, but Southern California, the entire state, and across the nation as well. It's affected us all in some way, shape, or form. And today, I thought, because we haven't touched on it, why not discuss COVID's effect on the economy and where we go from here. So I thought about it. I thought about what names, what guests I could get on the show. One of the first names I thought of was Jason Labram, but he's out golfing somewhere today. So I thought a great fill-in for Jason would be his partner in crime. You know him. You love him. You hear him on one of the radio shows here. Also on The Answer San Diego, Financial Detox, Saturdays, 1 p.m. on The Answer San Diego, theanswersandiego.com. Check out financialdetox.com. But Alex Klingensmith is COO and wealth advisor of IDA Wealth Management. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks so much, No, I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> That's a pleasure having you here. And, uh, you know, you're uh, probably going surfing right after this, so you're going to be enjoying the weekend as well. That's that's my goal on on the weekends, especially with the water warm and there's some waves out there. And what what else is there to do, right? I guess I guess golf, but that's not my thing. That's Jason. Yeah, it's been warm lately, so it's probably great surfing weather for you. Yes, it's it's been incredible, really nice. So, how yeah. long have you been working with and for Jason Labram? Let's start there. Yeah, Jason and I met in 2012. <clears throat> Actually, our, we were out on, uh, in Hawaii on, a, on one of these trips that they have in the industry, which have gone since gone away, those trips, uh, for us at least. But it was an awesome way to meet, and uh, we had a lot in common, and he actually recruited me to come work for his firm uh, back then. was called Labrum Capital Advisors mm-hmm. in 2012. And uh, it's been a journey ever since. We've, uh, we've grown from five people and about 100 clients to about 20 employees across the country and about over 1,000 clients. Yeah, you guys have seen so, some serious growth of just over the last several years. It's been pretty incredible and awesome to watch that happen. Thank you, thank you. And you've been you've been there plugged in for the with the financial detox show for three or four years of it at least, I think, right? Oh yeah, back when actually uh, Jason used to come in once a week under a different umbrella with uh, with with another host. It was Financial Fridays, and so I got to know Jason that way. And then when he started yeah. the weekly radio show, yeah, I've been there the entire time. It's uh, he he's an awesome guy, and uh, I, I love being able to help you guys out in any way that I can. It's, yeah, I'm very grateful that I did meet him when I did because I was coming out of the insurance industry, only knowing insurance, life insurance and annuities, and uh, I was starting to dabble in securities, and he said, whoa, 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 hold on. I've got a much better way for, you know, check this out. After spending, you know, 12 years at big giant wirehouse firms, he had, uh, he'd seen a lot, maybe not had seen it all, <laughs> but had seen quite a bit and had formed a, a really nice, really client-focused, uh, full-time fiduciary, which we'll talk about later, I know. Um, firm. And so it was a great home for me to start out in wealth management. And, uh, and and it's been really amazing to see how we've grown the thing together ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, share with our audience about what you guys do there at IDA Wealth Management. But the main focus of today is to talk about the differences in finance here in America pre-post-COVID and how Americans are spending their money, saving their money, and investing their money. So before we get there, actually, Alex, uh, everybody has been affected in some way personally, health standpoint, mental standpoint from COVID. How has it affected you and your family? That's a great and very personal question, Noah. Um, <laughs> the, um, you know, the, the, um, the, what, the most sincere way to answer that is that our, we were one of those families in suburbia. We live in Carlsbad. I have three children that are uh, six, eight, and 10 years old, you know. Okay. 
my wife, my wife's primary job is to take care of them. And, and she started as a preschool teacher this past year. Um, and, and we were one of those families that were going too fast, doing too much, um, overcommitted, oversubscribed to everything. And so when COVID hit, uh, I would say it saved our life in some ways. And, and I don't mean that to be insensitive to, to all the terrible things COVID's done for other people and, and people that have died and are sick and are scared and going through those emotions. But for us, it was really important as a family to just pause and stop everything, actually literally stop everything. Like soccer was canceled, you know, uh, flag football was canceled. All the social things were canceled. All the trips were canceled. Everything was canceled. Everything fun was canceled was a joke we had at the moment. But then, but then we started to have a lot of fun just as a family uh, again. And that was really good for us, um, which many families maybe can, you know, find themselves in that, that example as well. Um, so from a personal point of view, it was really, really tremendous for the five of us to, to reconnect again. <clears throat> it was tough not being able to see friends and not to see other family um, initially, especially when it was really scary and unknown what, what we could and couldn't do. Um, still unknown, but, but a little more comfort, at least for us. And so that's my part of it, my story. Um, that part was really good. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head because I've dealt with that myself. I mean, my kids are a little older, a lot older. They're 22, but we're still very close. And uh, other families that I have heard from, it really got people to take a step back, take a, a mental inventory of the things that are actually really important, and to maybe do a little bit of a reset. Yeah, we were, you're not doing the same things that you're used to doing, a lot of the fun stuff, but actually you found more fun stuff to do with inside the family environment, even if you weren't going out in the, into the hustle and bustle. I thought it was a healthy reset. You, you really pointed that out, and I love that. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and it's going to change the way that we – it changed, changes what we're grateful for now. I mean, fast forward five months, and we're really grateful for the things that we have in each other and, and where we live and the community that we have. And, um, you know, school immediately for the little ones immediately was, was stopped. Uh, and went to remote and it wasn't, they weren't prepared for that. So the community and the street we live on literally became our world. Um, we were comfortable with, with the people that were around and we had rules where, you know, you can't go into other people's houses anymore and you have to be outside and all that. Don't touch each other, you know, which is yeah. a good rule anyway. But, <laughs> but, um, but, um, you know, our little street became, became an amazing outlet for my children to still have some sort of engagement with other kids. But, but at a very safe uh, distance, you know, um, and a close distance, but safe one. And that's important because I think out of everybody that's been affected by this uh, unfortunate virus that's kind of come our way and the way of, of the world, quite honestly, is the children. The children, they're still developing. You know, they need that social engagement with people of, of that age range that, you know, they're going to be able to have as their peers. And that's important. So to have that, even if it's on a street level, that's great. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah. pre-COVID, we were breaking records in the stock market. Job numbers were way up, and Trump was really leading the country into a kind of a new economic boom, at least I thought. And people's lives, for the most part, were improving. They were saving and spending money, and, you know, the economy cog was moving. Then COVID obviously hit, and people lost their jobs. I mean, unemployment was obviously way up. People weren't spending even if they had a job because they were, honestly, they didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. Now we're seven months into this. Do you see that we've improved financially as a country in maybe some of the clients that you talk to and some of the people that you know personally? What are your thoughts on this? 
You know, what's ironic about uh, the show doing it today is actually the headline. If you look, if you just Google like stock market today or something on, on Yahoo or Google or whatever. Yeah. Um, today, actually, the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq set record closing highs today. Wow. Today, of all days. Right. And so, I mean, when when COVID was happening um, and this is at a professional level now. Right. So one of the things that was happening for our firm and for our clients was obviously a lot of emotions, a lot of anxiety. Sure. Here. Um, but as advisors and as a, we have a resounding uh, discipline, evidence-based investment philosophy that guides our messaging to our clients, guides our story. And so when clients ask us, well, what do we do? And, and I would tell them, you know, in, with compassion, I'd say, well, we're going to do the same thing we did before COVID. We were preparing for a major market event. We didn't know what it was going to be called or what was going to cause it or how long it would last. But we're going to continue to control what we can and accept what we can't and maintain discipline. And that's my, my job and my story for, for you, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Client. And we didn't know. I mean, I kept having to show people, and I'm, I'm 39, so I've, I have not lived through many major market events yet in my life. Uh, and most of our clients are, you know, in their 60s and 70s, and so they have more than me, at least. But I was able to, or, you know, through the education of, of, our, of our firm towards the clients, was able to show them historical evidence and say, well, here's what happened, you know, back in 2008, 2009. Here's what happened in 2001. And going all the way back to the beginning of, of the markets, right, in the 20s and 30s, and, and sometimes just looking at history and providing context allows people to hopefully digest and realize, yes, it is different this time, but it's not the end of the world this time. You know, hum- humanity has an amazing way to persevere. And I, tell, I kept telling them eventually 12-hour days, you know, which was good. I was at home at least with my family. So when the day was over, I was already home. But um, 12-hour days for two months in a row at least, talking to every client a few times, I said, I choose to be optimistic every morning and be positive. And that's if you ever don't feel that way call me and I will, I will reinstill optimism and, and fact and, and get you out of the media. Cause it's, it was tough. I mean, you remember that in March and April, right? Oh, March and April was probably two of the hardest months, I think for America as a whole, professionally, personally, everybody was trying to find their footing. It was pretty bleak, but like you said, we have an amazing strength as a country to persevere and to push forward. And I think seven months into this thing, I think we're finally starting to see light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And obviously we're not through it all the way, but we know exactly what we need to do and how we need to get there. And it's just an amazing journey that we are taking together. We are, we are. And we didn't know, I didn't, you know, I don't pretend to know that what, what, that what happened since March 20 or yeah, March 23rd was the bottom uh, of most of the stock markets. That was the fast and furious crash, the fastest crash we've ever seen. And also one of the fastest rebounds we've ever seen. I didn't know, we didn't know as a firm, we didn't time any of that. And we don't pretend to ever time any markets. That's not how we invest. We invest to be a, it's meant to be a process over time and never just a moment in time. Uh, it's a famous quote by uh, Lizanne Saunders from Charles Schwab, actually. Um, but that's something that at least, you know, we're not through COVID. I think some things are better. Some things are actually worse. Some industries are, you know, it's sad. Um, but there's, there's always optimism. There's always something, right? Um, that, that can that can come from this. Hopefully. Oh, sure. And the stock market's seen some down numbers since, obviously, uh, February. It you know, really hit bottom in March. Uh, but despite what the country is going through, you know, Trump, in my opinion, having a businessman in the White House pushing us through, we've had also some really good days in the market that I don't think we would have had had somebody else made some different decision than maybe there was somebody else in his place. So uh, my hat's off to him. Yeah, no, the leadership is definitely uh, has a lot to do with it. I think I think what's cool about the markets too is they're so predictive in nature that 
Uh, and we have we did a whole show about this. Now I think you you will. I know you have to listen to all of them. So <laughs> one of them. So yes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. Um, There's one where we actually looked at some of the research on what the stock markets did uh, at, during different presidencies, yeah. whether they're Republican or Democrat. And what's what's kind of cool in a way I think is that the stock market is not reliant upon who's in office or what party's in office. As a matter of fact, there's no predictable pattern. Um, it's so predictive in nature that the crash in, this year was so fast and it came back so fast and it's still breaking record highs because all the predictive forces of all the investors of the world are what are we're controlling it, not not one party or one president. I mean, there are certainly policies that help <laughs> and policies that don't yes, help. Yes, correct. Um, but long term, I, I don't think it's possible for one one person or one party to even uh, to, to, to kind of change that for, for, for a meaningful amount of time, at least. Yeah, for, for sure. And I was just basically just going on some of the decisions that he made as a businessman that I think that a, another president that doesn't have that business background might not have made. That's, that's his biggest yeah. strength. That's what I've loved about his presidency is he has that business mindset, not a political mindset. And I think that's been very good for the country. Absolutely. This was not a year to be, uh, well, it's not over, but it, it, and it's going to get political, right? Oh, but, it will, real quick. Uh, this, some very tough decisions had to get made very quickly um, for the safety of, of, and for the perception of safety too, right? Because sometimes people's perceived safety is more important than their actual safety. And that's, Indeed. that was important to happen. So, yeah. it's, And it's still happening. It's still going on. Um, well, seven yeah. seven months yeah. later, people are trying to get back to normal, whatever that is. We're still trying to figure that out. I don't know if it'll be exactly the way that it was with their money habits and saving as much as they can, and not just spending on the necessities like food, but making purchases that they might have made several months ago. Are you seeing that people are kind of trying to get back there, and they're maybe not as fearful as they were back in you know March and early April? They are. I think. I think people are trying to. I think obviously a lot of our clients, are being being the, at the in the generation that they are, they're trying to. They they wanted to travel. You know, that's kind of the goal when you retire is or you're out of retirement is you you kind of want to travel and do the things you couldn't do while you're working. That's my parents. Um, they were they were looking to do a, a lot of that, yeah. and then this <laughs> kind of threw that un, un, under the bus. So travel's not happening. I I do think there's some tendencies of some, and again, I can't speak for all people of the whole country, but in the groups of people that we spend a lot of time working with and helping, they're actually able to save more money right now because they're not spending money on big travel idea uh, ticket items. They're hopefully focusing back on their health because they have more time. Time has been given back to people for many reasons, uh, for many, many situations. And that's that can be a really good thing if you use the time, you know, the right way, which I think a lot of people are trying to. You know, like that's why some of these industries around town, you, you see like you can't get a bike, <laughs> mountain bikes and e-bikes and all these athletic equipment things are just getting bought up because everyone's like, well, OK, I'm, I'm at home, you know, I'm going to can't go to the gym, can't travel. So you're gonna, finding these alternate ways to, you know, be be active. Yeah. It's great. Totally, totally. Um, yeah. So some spending habits are changing there. I think people are as far as their investing goes, I think obviously people are more cautious right now than, than ever, which is understandable. Do you, you see know? that kind of staying that way for the foreseeable future? That's a really good question. I'm going to say yes. Obviously, I'm, I have no evidence to support that. Cause right. I'm just looking into the future. I'm thinking, I mean, as a firm, we think it, we think of it like this. Um, the way that we invest clients' money is first to learn a lot about them. Every single piece of their financial world we put together in a, in a living, breathing financial plan that becomes an interactive way for us to come back and touch on and see and, and uh, reinforce how we've invested for them. Now, we invest in 
very diversified portfolios. So we're diversifying risk quite a bit through never using individual stocks or individual bonds or sectors, or we're not making bets. Um, and then we stress test it, right? And so stress testing allows us to, we, we spent more time this year than ever on the stress testing part of the conversation to, I guess, to adapt to what, what makes sense to people is they want to know with, with lots of certainty, what are the chances I'm going to run out of money now given COVID? Or given another COVID or second second wave of COVID, you know, market reaction or something. And that's a very important question. Totally. And and there's an election coming, so that's uncertainty, which markets don't like. They don't like a that. little wacky. No. So we're you know, we're we're spending time where we where we think people deserve to spend time, meaning they want to see how the stress test works in depth. They wanna understand it more so than they did last year. Hmm. Last year, you know. Um, which is fine. Does it change the way we invest or what we do? Not, not really. Um, it just makes us more mindful of, of understanding things a little bit better. Which is right? a good thing. Hopefully. Totally. And this is what we tell people. I think you wrote in one of your questions to me. I mean, what, what should people be doing now that they didn't do before COVID? Understand how you're invested and why and be happy with it. There you, <laughs> you go. Not be confused. Don't be confused. If you're confused, that's a big red flag. Noah here and across the county. Alex Klingensmith is my guest. He's co-host of Financial Detox. You can hear that Saturdays at 1 p.m. on The Answer San Diego, AM 1170, theanswersandiego.com, and go to financialdetox.com. Alex, let's talk about the kind of things overall that you and Jason cover on the show. You guys obviously work with building financial portfolios, and you watch the stock market very closely, but what does that actually look like for my listeners and for the listeners of your show, Financial Detox? Yeah, Financial Detox was born out of a desire by Jason. Uh, Jason, this is his baby, his dream was to have a consumer advocacy brand that specifically was the intent of it and the messaging of it was to try and simplify our industry, which is a challenge. It can be challenging. Uh, also to act as a, a defender of the consumer. So the problem with our industry, one of the many problems, is that it's not trusted. 0809 was a really good example of a lot of people making money at the expense of investors. Not a good situation, right? So a lot of trust was was gone after that, and I think it's happened before in history as well. That was just the most recent example. Back to that history. Back one. to that history thing again. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Learn from history. Don't repeat the same. That's right. Again, you know. Um, so there's something called a fiduciary in our industry, and that was something where we, you know, one of the platforms we speak on a lot comes back to what is a fiduciary in our industry. Mm. Well, it's someone who acts with a duty of loyalty and duty of care, uh, and to remove all potential available. Uh, conflicts of interest when serving in clients, and if there are any conflicts of interest, to disclose them in depth. And most of our industry does not do that. I mean, like 90% plus does not do that. I didn't realize that the number was that high. Yeah, it's, and I think it's because Wall Street wasn't built that way. Okay. Wall Street was built on revenue sharing and commissions and old-fashioned kind of brokers and that whole mentality. Not, not to say that's a bad thing. It's just something that doesn't necessarily have the consumer focus first. Um, to the, in today's world, with what we know today, okay, a better a better version of that we feel, and we talk about a lot on the show, is that if you, you want to have somebody who's giving you kind of an ongoing advice, free from conflicts of interest, the only compensation or income or revenue we get as a company or as advisors comes from our clients, no one else. We don't get paid by Schwab or BlackRock or Vanguard or Pimco, some of the partners we work with, Dimensional Funds, none of them. We don't get sent on trips by them. We don't get cars or lunches or golf. You know, if anything, I think Jason takes some of them to golf. <laughs> but, Jason um, is all about the golf course. So let's just, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yes. 
Um, and that's not true in most of the industry. Uh, and so what happens then... That's got to be very reassuring, not to cut you off. That's got to be very reassuring and, as a client that you don't have some outside interest. It should be. And if, and if you don't... And again, people listening, if you're, if you're not really sure, you should ask your advisor. And if your advisor works for a big firm, big name that you've heard of, unfortunately, they can't say that they act that way all the time. They can say they're part-time fiduciaries nowadays. They can, they can say that, but what does part-time really mean? You know, mm-hmm. when do you know when they're, when they're selling something for a commission or when they're doing it in a fiduciary capacity? Yeah. That's one of the biggest platforms we talk about, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a good one because you're not the first advisor, financial advisor that I've heard talk about that. And it's not that there's not good non-fiduciaries out there. I'm sure that there are. But when you have one, it's a nice peace of mind to know that if it's Alex Klingensmith, he is taking your best interest at heart. And if you're not doing well, he's not doing well. And that's a comforting thing, especially when you're dealing with supposed your retirement, money that's supposed to last you the rest of your life. That's right. That's our, and that's our second platform is having an investment philosophy that you can stick to. Uh, and gosh, this year has been an, an amazing test of will. Oh, sure. Right. For everyone. And that's the second one where whether you're a fiduciary or not, if you don't have as an advisor or even as an investor without an advisor, if you don't have a philosophy and a process that you can stick to in all seasons and all weather, you're kind of just, you, you know, you're, it's probably not going to work. You're probably going to fail. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. What sets you guys apart, not just at Financial Detox, obviously, that is a lot of what your firm believes is on the show, but as a wealth management firm, what sets you guys apart, other than the fiduciary aspect, from other firms that might be in the same business? It's a great question. We get asked that question all the time by our partners like Schwab and Fidelity that refer us clients. And Here's what I say very simply, because we all sound the same. I know that. I know that all wealth management (laughs) (laughs) advisors sound the same. I totally get it. Um, I say that we show up. I say we show up in every life event, and we we under-deliver and over- I'm sorry. We underpromise and overdeliver. That's Good. the expression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, if you have if you have the other expression, that's not going to bode bode too well no. for your firm. Nope, nope. And it and and those are big words to say, and I I understand that. But that's that's something where if you talk to any one of our clients or partners of the industry, and and, and it speaks to how we've grown. Um, we haven't grown through major acquisitions and and private equity money. None of that. It's it's we've grown because. We just continue consistently doing what we say we're going to do. Yeah. And we show up, especially when times are tough, like COVID. We showed up. That's a big testament to why we're growing so much this year was because we showed up and did what we were supposed to do as advisors. We answered all the calls. We proactively reached out. and Like you and said, you had all those 12-hour days. Yeah, and that was okay. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the older advisors of the firm said, this is it. Get ready. Here's this is when you when you earn your stripes is when a major something like this goes on, and they were right. And yeah. uh, you know that's what we're here for. Well, you can check them out, Intelligence Driven Advisors. Uh, just check out the website because it's about their radio show as well, financialdetox.com. You go to the website, it's also going to take you to Intelligence Driven Advisors where you can find out about the entire team and what they do to, from a fiduciary standpoint, try and make your retirement just a little bit, no, a lot better. And I hope you check out the radio show too, which is 1 p.m. every Saturday, Financial Detox on The Answer San Diego, The Answer San Diego. Com. I'm going to put you on the spot, Alex, before I let you go. I was debating whether to ask you or not. And you can decline if you want, but that's fine. <laughs> 
Coming up in November, the election is pretty important. I'm not going to ask you who you're going to vote for directly, but do you think President Trump has been good for the economy overall and the stock market since he's been in office uh, for four years now? Um, the answer to that question, I think, is yes. In okay. my opinion, I think he has been good for the economy. I do. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, one thing that I think that when people cast their ballots, they need to, you know, take that into account. You know, you can talk about all the personal dislikes, and yeah, he's a brash for a lot of people, people in my family as well, but has he done what he's promised to do? And he platformed on the economy, and so I think he succeeded at that. I, yeah, I don't disagree at all. I, I, it's, it's certainly been a very, very difficult year to be a leader in any capacity, in anywhere, Certainly, you know, certainly the country that's the best country in the in the world, in my opinion. Amen. So I don't I don't envy his job. I would not want to be him way. for two seconds. No way. No, no. So uh, about 60 seconds left. Alex, anything you'd like to leave our listening audience with? Maybe some hopeful words. You've experienced something with a client or you've experienced something personally that you think, you know what? Things are going to be OK. We're in the middle of this covid crisis, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. What would you leave our audience with? I'd say that of, of all the, you know, the several hundred clients that I've either personally been parts of the conversations in these meetings or, or part of the team uh, rerunning their financial planning scenarios given, given COVID in this year, um, almost every single one of them, uh, 95% plus, are still successful. And so if that doesn't sound, you know, people that are listening to this, if that doesn't sound like you, you know, we love that conversation. We all love opening up a conversation, learning about people. Our clients aren't all of a sudden having to change their lifestyles because of COVID. And now, certainly, pers- you know, I, I mean financial lifestyles, by the way. I don't Obviously. All the other things, of yeah. course. But so that gives me a lot of confidence that we were doing what we were supposed to do before COVID to prepare for something like COVID. Um, so it is possible to get through these things. That, for me, and my naivety, maybe being in my, again, late 30s, it makes me feel pretty good. Like you were saying, if you weren't doing something right and then you have something like COVID pop up, things the bottom would just fall out. So, you know, you guys should take pride in what you guys do there at Intelligence Driven Advisors. So my hat is definitely off to you, to Jason, to the entire team. Thank you. And we couldn't obviously do it without our clients. And that's how that we exist. So we, 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 welcome, we welcome new ones, but we love taking care of the, you know, the, the ones that have helped us get to where we are today. Excellent. Well, we uh, have appreciated you sharing your wealth of information, uh, Alex, and say hi to Jason for me after he gets back with a great game of golf from the, uh, from the golf <laughs> okay. course. And we'll do that. Yeah, excellent. At financialdetox.com is where you're going to want to go. That's going to take you to the radio show. It's also going to take you to Intelligence Driven Advisors, where you can find out if that's something you want to be a part of. Maybe you're just looking right now into building your retirement. You've been trying to do some of it on your own. You want someone to represent you. Alex Klingensmith, thanks for stopping by across the county. And Godspeed, my friend, and the best to you and the entire team over there. Thank you so much, Noah. Appreciate it. Noah here on Across the County. Stay tuned. There's more coming up.